Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open an ice cold cherry coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the new release films of the week. This week on Mainstream Boys, we both made the trip to the theater and checked out Timothy Chalamet and five minutes of Zendaya in Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Well, I had to go to a, I had to go to a party to dress as David Lynch, so people were bound to ask who the fuck David Lynch is. So I had to be ready to just show him something real quick, and figured if I had it as my background, then that's that's pretty easy. That is a really simple way to be like, yeah, it's this guy, and this is yeah. how he's dressed, and this is this explains what you're experiencing right now in this moment. <laughs> do you want to swirl the numbers? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, ten balls. Each ball has a number, and numbers are one through ten. Okay. Pick a number. Three. Today's number is... Okay, you definitely just picked that on purpose. I saw you, like, look in the jar and and specifically find that one. for three. I was like, this is taking too long. No one guessed the number correctly at the party. Not a single person. Not a single person. How many would you say you did? How many swirls? Probably like seven. Oh, I was thought you were going to say like 20. Well, I did one in front of a group. And like there was like five people there. And not one of them guessed correctly. I was shocked. That's Two people said the same number. I'm like, really? Okay, well... (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely lowering your chances of any of you getting yeah. it right at that point. So People you're saying just nobody don't got candy? It, it's, it, it takes a certain level of patience and practice to get the number of the day correct. It's not easy. Yeah. That's why I retired. For those of you who have absolutely no fucking idea what we're talking about, David Lynch is a director, and he has a YouTube channel called David Lynch Theater. And every day he does the local weather report for Los Angeles, and he swirls the numbers. Numbers one through ten, specifically. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, don't no, David Lynch the directed the original Dune, so <laughs> he's actually oh, yeah, trending that... for the last like two days. David Lynch was trending over the weekend, which I was like, "That's Is fucking he really." Weird. He trended today because he released that he's gonna do a uh, NFT short film series. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. So. Sure. David Lynch is just kind of back on the map right now, and Dune also being a huge part of that because he directed the original Dune. He's going to be, like, on the side of the street in Hollywood, like, breeding worms for some reason. Maybe. I'm sure he has, a like, an ant farm collection in his oh, house. Oh, yeah. His entire basement is probably full of live insects that he just breeds I know he's really daily. into woodworking. He builds a lot of that. stuff out yeah, of wood. Yeah, He's a talented guy. I just wish he would... Just get some new clothes, or at least a second shirt. A second shirt would be a start. He was always very well-dressed, wherever you see him. In interviews, on Zoom calls, and the David Lynch like, Theater, uh, he has a costume, so you got to respect that. Come on. He's not like Adam Sandler and Kevin James at the Hotel Transylvania 2 premiere. 
Well, Adam Sandler is like the richest person on the planet. Well, not really, but he, I mean, one of the richest people in Hollywood. And yet he still dresses with like basketball shorts and oversized t-shirts everywhere he goes. I mean, there's a picture of him released last weekend just on, on the streets wearing like the most ridiculous like baggy clothes from like Goodwill. And he's eating a pickle out of a jar and he's worth like $500 million. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. No, that's, it, he just gives fine. no fucks. It's Adam Sandler. He's dressed like he's always about to go to Red Lobster. It's like... I don't fucking. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But I. I guess he's living his best life. Their own. Yeah, good for him. All right. Uh, anyways, yeah. Welcome back to the show. This is Mainstream Boys on the Those Movie Dudes Podcast Network. Imagine we had a network. Other podcasts joined it. It was called the D- TMD Network. Um, it's a show where we watch the new release movies of the week. Grab that big old bucket of popcorn, maybe some nachos, a nice cold cherry coke, maybe an icy, maybe a Toll House cookie ice cream sandwich. Some Junior Rants, some Twizzlers, some Reese's Pieces, maybe some Raisinets for Spencer, and some Popcorners, Chips, something like that. Did you see this in theater, Spencer? Yes, I did. <gasps> so you've seen it twice? Yes. Well, okay. one and a third. I still didn't finish the last, like, 30 minutes on the second rewatch. It was on HBO Max. Um, so the first watch yeah. was in the theater? First, yeah, second of course. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, this was IMAX. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, I did. I saw it in the AMC Prime, which is pretty darn big screen with the reclining seats and also the subwoofers under the seats, the woofers. Uh, so that you know, seventeen bucks to take it. You'd hope it's a pretty solid experience. My um, and I was did have popcorn. So my IMAX is cheaper than your AMC Prime, and I yeah, did not have right. subwoofers in the. Uh, the seats so that sounds pretty cool but uh did the seats recline yeah they recline but it's those like we talked about it in the last episode where like your feet kind of dangle off the end so like your yeah. ankles kind of hurt after a while and it's a long movie so i end up watching most of the movie just sitting normally <laughs> like, yeah i have with, heavy legs so I, I totally back. know how you feel same exact thing with my theater uh where it, it doesn't even it goes up like not even halfway so your legs are at like a 60 degree angle downward it's like not even fucking worth it. <laughs> to be honest, and like this might be an unpopular opinion and a, a wild take, I didn't mind the old theater seats. I mean, they leaned back a little bit. They were okay. I mean, especially the ones at the IMAX that I'm talking about. But I mean, the ones where they were like yep. out of a, uh, a basement somewhere, like, like the old Regal that we used to go to, and like the one where like the Nickelodeon. Those I'm like, yeah, get rid of. Those are uncomfortable as shit. Uh, I was just so used chairs. to it. it- Came but to a point to where I, that's all I remembered, and then all of a sudden I went to. But they had these like know, bucket chairs where you sat down, and it was all cushioned. You could just lean back, and like you, we, you, you, uh, you in particular, you used to stab the back of him like, about the stuffing. And so it's like, all right, well, as a young adult, you get bored and feel like you're entitled to do whatever you want. Uh, yeah, this I was one of those people. Oh my god, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed about some of the shit we used to do in movie theaters, like throwing candy it, like a lot of the time you gotta understand we're from a very rural state so we would get these late night screenings to ourselves you don't have to explain we would, you should just cut that out anyway <laughs> i'm gonna cut that part out but uh you know every once in a while you're gonna and we worked at a movie theater so it's fine we get it i don't care we've cleaned up some messes but you know throw some throw a soda 40 rows ahead of you it's fine <laughs> it's okay it happens Something you gotta give them something to do. They're, I know that you just stand around aside from cleaning the theaters, so it, it helps them out. 
I'll never forget walking into the theater after like an entire school went and saw Alvin and the Chipmunks road chip. Was I here for this? I, I don't know if you were, you, you may have been working there at the same time, but you, I don't think you were working that shift, but. Okay. Okay. This was when you were working. Got this you. was when Alvin and the Chipmunks was like selling out all the time because of just families having nothing to do and rainy days. And just the entire theater, like you would think that they bought popcorn to try to fill up the theater room with the popcorn, not to right, eat it, right. to try to like fill it on the floor and see if there's any like floor space that you can see left. It's just entirely covered in popcorn and like sticky lollipops. I'm like we don't even sell lollipops, so I don't know where the fuck they got those, but it was just a disaster every single time with that movie. It's astonishing how disgusting people become when they enter a movie theater. It's like they forget that, you know, common decency exists where, like, even my own father, he'll just leave shit on the seat. I'm like, Dad, just pick it up and throw it away. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Like, it's it's not hard. <laughs> it's okay. Or, yeah, during the screenings of, like, Magic Mike or, like, Bad Mom's Christmas, you did find, like, full wine bottles and, like, tampons. <laughs> I'm like, what is going <laughs> on here at this theater? Like, I just yeah. don't understand. Tampons we don't even everywhere. sell neither of these products. <laughs> so they're just having fun. <laughs> Pretending like it's their own, like, their own room. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, this week we did watch the 2021 reimagining of Dune, Spencer. It's on HBO Max and it's in theaters, rated PG-13, two hours and a long 28 minutes. IMDb, 8.3, Rotten Tomatoes, 83, and an audience score of 91. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man, born in a great destiny beyond his understanding, he must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. The Spies. Good job. The Spies. It's really funny because I I know you won't relate to this, but there's a South Park episode where I forget what the spice is exactly, but I had watched it the night before and they were basically spoofing this movie and they were all saying, The Spies. We must get the spice. Is this um, a recent episode or is it an old? I think it's at least six, seven years old. A couple seasons back, but it's uh, it's quite funny, quite funny South Park episode. Directed by none other than Dallas Villanueva. Oh no, you 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 helped me here. Denis Villan Denis Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Is that I, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Why does it? Why is it spelled Dennis Villanueva? It's literally spelled like like <laughs> oh. the Spanish telling the the Spanish version of the number nine, where it's Nueva. So that's just confusing to me. It's always been fun to listen to like people's own interpretation of his name throughout the years. Exactly, trying to pronounce it. Yep, Adele Nazim. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it's not far off oh man uh he's he's known for some honestly some of the best movies i think over the last five or six years actually the last decade ten almost 10 years yeah um i haven't seen anything before prisoners but he did polytechnique incendies prisoners enemy sicario arrival blade runner 2049 and of course dune so Obviously, some smaller films, but also some huge heavy hitters as well. Um, we've talked about Arrival on the podcast, and obviously that... I think I chose that specific film for... I've seen when we did all of these Corner, movies. I've seen yeah, Polytechnic and Incendies. Yeah, this was... Actually, Nate and I watched Polytechnic and Incendies during uh, the whole Watch Club. I don't think you were partaking in those. 
So we watched Polytechnique and Incendies. Those are two Denis Villeneuve films. And yeah, Polytechnique is incredibly disturbing. It's actually like a true story of a shooting that happened at a school oh, in yeah, Canada. That's, it's really I fucked up. Those. It's in black and yep. white. Very disturbing. And Incendies is a really good film. Um, I think it was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. If Maybe it won as well. It could be wrong, but it's really Sounds good. Familiar. It has, has a, yeah. an interesting twist. But then, yeah, he got on the map with prisoners and then enemy and then from then on it's just the rest is history he's just been one of the best working directors today i mean the last 10 years his filmography like all those movies that we just named like i don't know any other directors that have turned in like that massively amazing body of work <laughs> like this is it's all of them are like he's A's such a, a+. a good director yeah yeah i mean prisoners enemy I really need to watch that again. Uh, Sicario, another rewatch that I need to happen. But Arrival might be my favorite movie of the last 15 years. Like, I think it's I, my favorite of his. Uh, yeah, I think Arrival is my favorite. Um, it's so good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this movie, Dune, damn, did it have some Arrival Arrival vibes uh, when it came to the cinematography and also the soundtrack. I, I heard Arrival in this movie many, many times over. Um, obviously, this film has none other than Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name. Rebecca Ferguson's in this. Oscar Isaac. Jason Momoa for a bit. Stellan Skarsgård. Josh Brolin. Javier Bardem. Everybody's in this movie. Zendaya. Great cast. Great Zendaya's cast. in it for nine minutes in total. <laughs> so, like, I wouldn't say she's in it, but she's a big name that's attached to this movie. So, obviously, the marketing's going to lead with her, especially in the trailers, but... To be fair, she is in a lot of the movie, but it's mostly flashbacks. Well, no, if you take all of her scenes in, right. in the runtime of the movie, she's only in nine minutes of the movie. <laughs> Someone did this. They calculated yeah, was, her screen time. Yeah, That pissed me off a little bit. She's going to be the, the main star of Dune 2, part 2. Yes, please. Um, So I, we watched the original, or I don't know if it's the original, but the original telling uh, on the screen from David Lynch, I believe, when did it come out? The 80s? 1984 yes 84 and we watched that for the podcast and i think all of us could agree that it was very b-movie and just weird and pretty quirky Clunky. and yeah it was, was it not was good weird. yeah i yeah. did not have a good time watching it because it was just confusing it was cheesy it was just very very silly and we all knew that this movie was on the horizon so we're just like oh man this is not boding well for our excitement for the next one, but no, it with everyone attached to this, it's like who you got to be excited. This is how do you fuck this cinematic up? Yeah. like gold right here? Yeah, because I mean, Denis just has such a way of creating a fucking insanely engaging atmosphere, a scope of the film that just sucks you in. He's really good at world building and just creating an experience. Like he did that with Arrival. He did it with, I mean, Enemy. Even that was more psychological, but. He did it, and uh, I, honestly, this movie is no exception. He he's able to create such an insane just world with the the planets and the characters and just the whole the whole atmosphere of this of this place with the spice and the uh, the competing houses and all this stuff. And I think you mentioned it last week, but it literally is Game of Thrones in space. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, all the different houses and kingdoms and who like rules what, and it's all about just like getting power and then there's like the chosen one as well i mean i've mentioned this already it's been mentioned everywhere else uh george lucas directly 
was inspired by the novel of Dune, because Dune, the novel came out in 1965, I believe, and Star Wars A New mm-hmm. Hope was essentially Dune. Like, I mean, George Lucas, like, loved the book and made Star Wars, and the similarities are just insane, because, yeah, you got the Chosen One, the Hero, all these, like, Desert the Emperor, Planet. And, yeah, Desert Planet. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, the similarities are there, and just the fact that this type of storytelling, of, like, good versus evil, all that type of uh, narrative, like, Shakespearean type of uh, storytelling... It's always it's been there, but in this this scope, like we've yet to really see. I mean, we've seen it in like Lord of the Rings and, and Star Wars, but like Denis Villeneuve has a grasp on the source material, then he is perfect for the job because yeah, he built the world in this part one of Dune. He built the world so well because I was hooked within the first like ten minutes. And a lot of it is exposition dumps, but he does it in a way where it's still engaging because it's usually told as like Paul Atreides is like learning about this stuff. Like I remember he's he's watching like a video on sandworms, but like that's just also exposition of like what these sandworms are, and they're able to kind of explain no, but some I needed stuff. that. Yeah, I exactly. That. It's all stuff that the, the issue... audience needs. Yeah, because the issue with the '80s movie, and my dad said it because he grew up in the '80s, or you know, he was at an age where Dune was really cool. Like the books, while well, he was. If the book came out in the '60s, he would have been born right around '66. But either way, like it was, it was a pretty big thing at the time. And you know, after rewatching it with him several months ago, he was like, "The film just doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make sense." Yeah, and he was doesn't. so happy to tell me that this one made, makes a lot of sense. And it's not in your face about it. I mean, in comparison to the quirky, weird, fucking nature of the '80s movie, I mean, I just I can't really. I feel like we're almost spoiled with Denis Villeneuve doing this franchise because it's almost like it's almost like a nerd's wet dream to go in and see this fucking representation of this world and the scope and the worms and the characters and the a-list actors and just everything involved to bring this to screen is awesome if you had watched any interviews with Denis Villeneuve on him just talking about Dune you could tell that he's just incredibly passionate of the source material like he grew up with the book he loved it he said like one scene in particular of the movie like he was behind the monitor just like completely geeking out because he couldn't believe <laughs> that it was coming to life he's like yeah. this is exactly how I imagined it in my head it was the scene in particular with uh uh Paul Atreides meeting like the the lead witch that worked for the emperor who came to visit uh them in the middle of the night and was like you gotta put your hand in the box apparently that whole scene like that was in his head and he just adapted it completely the way he was thinking of it uh looking like and he was just extremely excited and it just translates so well as an audience member because you can tell that he has so much passion for this for this material and he's going to treat it in such a way that's so epic and grand because he hired all of the right people in terms of just the production design, the costumes, the music from Hans Zimmer is just, it shakes the entire theater and it almost blew out the speaker. I felt like at one point, uh, oh, yeah. and the cinematography from Greg Frazier who shot the, uh, the Mandalorian. And he also is shooting the upcoming Batman, which looks just visually Perfect. striking. Like, yeah, it just yeah. looks absolutely amazing. And also just doing things very practically not a lot of cgi just cgi that complements it not just the overbearing cgi it's because this is this is also was kind of going around the internet this weekend uh dune costs 35 million dollars less than jungle cruise did are you serious i'm serious yeah <laughs> like that's that is astonishing to hear because yeah. i mean it just lo- it looks so incredibly good from the blue eyes 
because of the spice. The, the worm that, that they use in... They don't use it too much. It's kind of like the original or the 2014 Godzilla where they only show it when it needs to be showed. And aside from that, it's kind of you see it in the distance going through the dirt and stuff. Yeah. Um, but when you do see it, oh, it's so cool. Oh, it's wicked cool. It just it pays off. I just you can't believe that they shot in some of these locations. That like this was just on Earth. It doesn't feel like it. It feels so galactic. It feels so epic and insane. Because yeah, it just it blows my mind that they were able to make this movie look the way it did with that budget of that's it's so much less than than Jungle Cruise. And so I mean yeah, I mean I was on the Jungle Cruise set. It's just nothing but blue screens surrounding <laughs> you on, in a parking lot in Atlanta for three months it's, it's not exciting at all but here i mean they're on these locations if you saw some behind the scenes like the whole like, like in the desert and with the uh, the the famine characters and stuff like that it just looks i didn't so... realize that they did this on location honestly i uh but i, I, mean, I, I guess obviously it doesn't make green a lot of screen sense. stage work in this movie but like right for the most part yeah they just the sets looked real like it's the environments that they were going for it's practical and that's just you have someone that cares so much of about cinema and wants it to be the best it could possibly be. It it pays off because it's just, it makes it stand out that much more than the overproduced bullshit that we're used to. Yeah. I mean, and yes, this is a, you know, something that's been done before and it being part one, I guess I'm, I'm relieved for that because this type of story deserves to be given time to tell the overall story i don't really remember what happens in part two mostly because they rushed it in the original dune and ruined it well yeah yeah exactly the the david lynch dune is the entire book of like seven eight hundred pages in a two hour and like 20 minute movie or something like like that less than this film (laughs) even so in this movie and it's one of i mean it's one of my nitpicks it's it's two acts of a movie it ends yeah right in act two where it is kind of just picking up again it's like oh wow we're gonna go on this adventure now and then it's like oh no you gotta wait for dune too and when i saw it over the weekend they deliberately waited until they saw the box office returns opening weekend to green light dune 2 so we at the point we didn't know if dune 2 was going to exist because essentially warner brothers and legendary were like oh let's see how dune does in theaters so that's why you had to go out and see it in theaters to, to support it or else we could not have gotten Dune 2, and that would have fucking sucked. Dune 2 would basically be Desolation of Smog for The Hobbit, because the first one is literally all set up. They do they walk this incredible distance, which they didn't have to, because they just could have just jumped on those birds. And then the entire battle with Smaug happens. But this this film does, at least the ending, reminds me of when like Ray hands Luke the lightsaber. It's like, oh, now we have to wait a fucking year and a half to see what happens with like all this lead-up, but... It works yeah. for the context of the movie because we are just being introduced to these characters. Like, they haven't been on screen in a very long time, and they definitely haven't been done this well. So I think it works. I, I would love for the new one to be out right now, and I could watch it back-to-back, but I suppose I could wait. Well, and that's also what the Lord of the Rings movies did, except they shot all of those movies back-to-back-to-back. That was one just very, very long production. I couldn't um, even imagine. And then in the <laughs> editing room, yeah, they just cranked them out. Uh, but yeah, just literally cannot imagine that but theatrically releasing them it's like the fellowship of the ring ends like they're they barely made a dent in their journey like they the group separates and like it's like it's, yeah exactly that's it. you gotta wait a year until two towers two towers happens and then that whole cliffhanger it's like oh well <laughs> they're still not there yet we gotta wait for return of the king and finally when they're all released and they're out 
and you can watch them back to back to back, which is what I did over the pandemic. And it was like a 12 hour a day. They just play so brilliantly together to the, to the point where like there's some of the best movies ever. Cause in terms of storytelling, it's just, it's so epic. It's literally just a multi-million dollar miniseries that's just spread out into three movies. Uh, and this is what Dune is going to end up being. It's just with the two movies, Dune part one and part two, I mean, watching these back to back, they're going to be, Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be incredible and you know that Denny is going to give what he gave to this first film, he's going to give this one 10 times more cuz it's it's going to be just epic. It's going to be yeah. awesome. He set up the world, now he gets to just play with it, which is just going to right. be exciting as fuck because you know that there's going to be a massive ramp of the action that's going to it's going to go up. There's going to be a lot of action. It's going to have a different vibe. Like a, it, it'll it'll be similar, but it's going to have just an energetic vibe to it. Because this one is very atmospheric with all the dream sequences and uh, the worms and just kind of just everything to it was very atmospheric. Oh, and those sandworms! Oh like, man, the way Scary. he was able to capture like the like the the scale of them, they massive. felt massive yeah they was the, just the like, first scene when it shit. swallows the uh the harvester which is a huge machine it reminds me of like that big massive vehicle in grand theft auto it's like the big dump truck thing oh, okay yep where it's like very very oversized um but wow just wow that oh, was yeah. one of the best it, scenes in the movie i think was right there. several times yeah it was chasing them through the desert as well and yeah when it opened up uh or when it was chasing them at nighttime too that was pretty fucking intense yeah it was who do you think did it better tremors or uh this or this movie I, with I, the worms i gotta give it to gotta give it to fucking dune come you on. sure <laughs> i, I mean, don't know yeah. man well, yeah nah. different different very um, different slightly different how, how much did your theater shake from from the score of hans zimmer a fair amount like it wasn't like un- it, it was i expect more like when they say there's a subwoofer in the seat you Maybe really want to feel the subwoofer then. i don't know because the whole attack of the planet at nighttime uh yeah Atreides or, oh no not Atreides, oh, uh, was Arrakis or something and then like the Hans Zimmer's like bagpipe music started playing I was literally just like oh my fucking god it was like the whole theater was shaking and it was like the most epic scene I think I've seen in a theater and I mean yeah obviously forever but I would see that again for sure. It, it kind of reminded me of that scene when just Thanos just blasts the shit out of the Avengers headquarters and Endgame. Yeah, honestly, just just finally a theater experience to remember. I mean, this was such a fun movie. Yes, it's 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 two quarter or three quarters of a movie, but I'm more than willing to wait to see the conclusion. I mean, it's just so many just incredible things from the effects to the storytelling to the world building to just. I mean, honestly. They picked the perfect actors. I could not. I could not imagine anybody other than Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides. Like, it. it he's perfect for it. He really is. He Fucking was Timothy really Chalamet, good. I mean, yeah. Man. He. He's been great in everything that I've seen him in. Uh, and um, who was the standout for you? Though was was it Timothy Chalamet or was it anyone else? I mean, I really did think I liked Oscar Isaac's character quite a bit. I like his character for sure. Yeah, 
his character. I, I just like that his dad wasn't like his dad was actually like a very supportive dad, which was interesting. Yeah, he had you know some what I mean? great like, lines. Like there was a time when the when he Paul Trades was like, I don't know if I'm ready to like take on all this power, and he's like, Well, if you right. if that time comes, like, and you can't, you, you're still everything I like. I need you to be, which is my son. I'm like, Oh damn, that's so I sweet. Like, I, <laughs> that's the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I love this guy, and it really makes you care about him when you know shit goes south. You know, it's like, wow, okay, this yep. guy isn't just about power and like he was even with the people he's like i want these as allies i don't want to take their he didn't even care about the spice he wanted to save the people i was like wow i I think he was my favorite character i mean i don't know who was your favorite performance aside from those two guys okay yeah because i have two huge standouts for me uh i I kind of expected timothy chalamet to be great i mean he is oscar isaac sam i expected that to just be great same with josh brolin as gurney originally played Mm -hmm. by patrick stewart uh i liked josh brolin he was awesome and he's definitely gonna be back in part two because he just randomly you don't see him again after he's is charging the explosions um right but yeah so jason momoa was one of them as duncan idaho i thought he was really good uh and and i just i, I liked his character a lot and just how much he was like willing to protect the family and everything um but no the the i think the main standout of this movie and so much so where i feel like this could get a best supporting actress nomination is rebecca ferguson as lady jessica i thought she was really phenomenal yeah she was so good and the whole thing they did with the voice was like evil dead it sounded oh, exactly yeah, that like was pretty the evil crazy. dead and they could control them and like mind control same like jedis um that was just brilliant and how they were gonna use that up in the uh like their little helicopter thing um, that was cool yep. but in terms of just like yeah um, emotionally i think rebecca ferguson did just like a master job and i hope she might sneak in for best supporting actress because i think this movie can go all the way and get so many nominations especially just every technical it it could, it'll be nominated if not win yeah. i mean there is not, not an insane song, amount of competition just, this year either you know yeah in terms i mean of yeah these big films so cinematography it's sound it's gonna win the sound awards for sure um yeah, production design costumes. I mean, it could win a lot of these like smaller Oscar technical awards, but I think it could even get best director, best picture, and uh, that's what I'm about. That's what I was thinking, dude. Like with, with Denis, with Denis yeah. behind it. I mean, it is one of those big films that could absolutely get a best picture nomination. If Black Panther can get one, this one, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Arrival I, got it, I, I think, think it's too. So incredibly well deserved. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna win best picture, but. Unlikely. Denis Villeneuve is going to win Best Director someday. And if it's not for Dune, it should be for something, maybe Dune Part 2. But just my God, I can't he's believe he hasn't one of the best yet. directors. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best directors working today, no question. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I really did love this movie. I'm so, I'm so glad I watched it in theaters. And I definitely need to watch this again. I just got a new couch. So uh, I think if I watch it on HBO, that would be uh, definitely worth my time um, with a soundbar and everything. But it's really good. It's it's just I love the characters. I love the story. Uh, the entire atmosphere of it is just so fun. For this film by itself, I'll go four and a half out of five. Really, really good movie. Yeah, I think it's visually stunning. It manages to tell a familiar story of like good versus evil, but in the most cinematic and epic way possible. I think it further cements Denis Villeneuve as one of the best directors working today. And if they had just done a, an, an entire film called Dune and it was five and a half hours long and they released it in theaters, I happily would have sat there and watched the entire thing. I mean, give me like a 15 minute intermission um, in the middle of the I'd movie or something. I'd be very okay with that. Yeah, I'd be absolutely. 100% okay with it. But 
you know what? At the end of the day, I'm sure it's going to be fine when we have Dune Part 1 and Dune Part 2 on 4K Ultra HD, and we could just pop them in and watch them back-to-back. And I think at that point, they're going to be 5 out of 5s. But as of now, yeah, I mean, it is two acts of a movie. It did. I did leave the theater kind of annoyed i'm like god damn it i, I, I want to see more mouth. yeah, yeah I, it, it just it, yeah it just kind of pissed me off just a little bit but i know if i'm if i just if i'm patient hold out it'll be fine it'll be worth it it'll go up to five out of five but yeah for now four and a half out of five i think dune is just i can't wait to see how they conclude it with part two it's gonna be awesome especially for this film i feel like it's with with everybody behind it it's one of those stories that you you just want to see you just want to see it continue like when they did the shit with Twilight and the Hunger Games, I don't give a shit. Like I can, I don't care. I don't even care to see it in the first place, let alone see the next film right away. Or like the but, Maze Runner as well. Like I thought the Maze Runner that that was gonna be it, and then oh, the, the oh yeah, little tease at the end. It's like God damn it, they're gonna make a fucking trilogy. They and they did. Cause that was a great. The first Maze Runner is really first fucking was good. Fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Oh man. Um. But yeah. So that is that is Dune. You can check it out on HBO Max or go to your theater. Highly recommend going to check this one out in the theater. But next week, Spencer, there's a few little things going on here and there. Two movies get released theatrically. We have Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho, with Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and McKenzie. Um, and we also have a horror film called Antlers, which I'm just yeah, I'm not going to watch it. I'm sure they'll release it VOD in like two weeks. Um, because it'll make no money in the box office. Um, yeah, Antlers, uh, Spencer. Antlers. Yeah, it'll be on VOD in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, this movie will make like $2 million, unfortunately, because they're, they're dumping it. All the movies that are left over with 20th Century Fox, Disney just doesn't know what to do with, so they're just kind of quietly putting them out into theaters, letting them have their little whatever they get, uh-huh. and then dumping them on VOD or whatever, yeah. It's going to be on Hulu probably, too, in a couple of weeks. Uh uh, yeah, so we have Last Night in Soho, and then we have, yeah, Army of Thieves, which is the Army of Dead prequel about Wait, the German, um, Hold on. the German lockkeeper guy, or heist, Are you the guy who serious? cracked codes. Yeah, it's, it's a prequel on him. He directed the movie himself. I thought, um, uh, I thought this was the Zack Snyder movie. It's Zack Snyder produced, and I think he wrote part of the story, but, um. He did Army of the Dead, No. He did do Army of the Dead. It's the same character in Army of the Dead, but it's a prequel oh, okay. on his character as him like trying to crack codes and that's stupid. Still um, money. Anyways, yeah, Netflix yeah. is producing it and it's come, it comes out this week. Uh, but so it's like I don't know who I don't know if you're gonna go and see Last Night in Soho in theaters. I don't know if I'm gonna go see it. I'd uh, like to. Well, you'd like to, and you doing it. it's two different things. All right, well, that's what we might be checking out next week, but we definitely will have an episode for you guys either Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, whenever I can get it out. We're busy people. Got to understand that. Thanks again for listening, and check us out at those movie dudes on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release every Tuesday, and you can stay up to date with everything related to those movie dudes by following us on Instagram.